mean, I was a reader. You know, my mother had a library downstairs, and uh, I always did a lot of reading, you know. And so, in the reading, that was my, uh, that was my friend, that's my escape. Hi. Today is obviously a big day for us all. No matter whether we learn tonight the outcome of elections nationwide and closer to home, and no matter which candidates and propositions win, we're wishing you some sense of peace and relief that this long electoral season is coming to some sort of an end. This episode is kind of special for us. First, I want to thank past guest Paley Boucher for connecting us with today's storyteller. Ida McRae is a born and raised San Franciscan. Her life is nothing short of incredible. And in this podcast, Ida shares what it was like growing up a black San Franciscan whose dad wasn't around much. She's an only child who went to Catholic school, but preferred reading the books in her mom's library more than what the sisters were trying to teach her. As a teenager, Ida was in and out of juvenile hall and other facilities. After graduating high school at 16, she discovered and got involved with the Nation of Islam and the Black Panther Party. Check back Thursday for part two, when Ida will continue telling us the story of her life. Here's Ida. Well, you know, a lot of us uh, black Americans don't know that far. Right. Okay, because they didn't, my mother didn't even have a birth certificate. All right, and she was born in 1915 and worked here for 40 years, and they never uh, counted them in the county as being people, and everything was written in the Bible that I don't even know where the hell the Bible is because I don't read it. Right. the Bible. I read, but I don't read the Bible. Do you know <laughs> if your mom was born here? I or? know where she was born. She was born in a place called Elgin, Texas. Oh, I'm from, I'm from Fort Worth. Oh, no, yeah? I know Elgin. Yeah, yeah she yeah. was from Elgin, Texas, mm -hmm. and she was born and raised there, and she was a baby of six six children but my grandmother and I found out at uh, her funeral had raised a lot of children because all these people yeah grandma Ida raised this grandma I'm like wow she did all that you know that was you know when people got together and had funerals and talked about what the people did after they were dead let's go on from your mom do you mm -hmm. know about any of like your dad's story yeah I or? know my dad and his uh, my father um, his name Leroy Aloysius he was murdered in the Tendalon one stab to his heart and uh, a lot of it was the disappointment that he had in the Navy because a lot of times a lot of black people, uh, when they go to get out, they gave them, I have to think of some pro-social language, uh, bad discharges. They did anything they could to screw him. And that really, I believe, um, set him in a really negative way, you know. And then he became a merchant marine. And there he got hooked on heroin because over you go over in Southeast Asia, you have that pure o stuff opium. and when he yeah. got here he was clean because <laughs> right. it wasn't no good you know but he stayed but he was a good dad I had a good daddy I had a really good father you know um, and I didn't know what it was having a bad father until I started doing the work that I do with other women you right, know I work right. with women in LGBTQ right. um, and their issues of anger and domestic violence um, so um, did you grow up with both of your parents in the same house or yeah, when he was there, he was either right. there or in jail. He was either on the ship, in jail, or uh, at my house. Right. But, you know, my mother was uh, Catholic, and she didn't believe in uh, divorce. Right. You know, because so she was with... raised by the nuns mm -hmm. in Dallas. Okay. And they educated her, and uh, I have to say, the Catholics had a good education. Sure. You know, they really did. And my m grandmother, I found out she'd wash. 
to pay for her to go to uh, the, Catholic the Catholic school. Right. So my mother was the smartest of the bunch. Hmm. <laughs> she said she was the baby of six? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you grow up with your aunts and uncles or um, any of them on either you side? Know, we, Our cousins? We, we lived at 1418 Newcomb. I was born in that house. Okay. Not in the house directly, but I'm just saying that's where the house I came to after my mother had me. Mm -hmm. And there were eight people in that house. Mm. And there were her sisters and brothers and aunts and all those people until they were able to buy another house, which is down the street, which is at 1466 Newcomb, which my family still has today, you know. Um, so that's the way people do. I don't care where you're from. Um, is collectivize together and make a better life for each other. For know? everyone. Yeah. The rising tide, that's right? That's what you do, and yeah. that's what we need to do again. You know, because people forget that all this me, 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 I, isolation, that ain't going to get you nowhere. And, you know, it's not even going to get you nowhere individually, and it definitely won't collectively as a people. And we are all the same. I really believe that because there's no human gene that makes you different from me. Right. It's only one race, and that's the human race. You know, so in that... Um, we have to find families that are not necessarily blood, but about the love. Absolutely. You know? I like that. So I made that up. <laughs> we'll give you credit. <laughs> you get all the credit. Um, so those eight folks or and, and other, like, t tell us about your, your childhood over on Newcomb Street. What? No, it wasn't on Newcomb Street. Oh, I was moved. born in that house, okay. and my mother moved uh, when I was four years old to the house over the hill here, 170 Gambier. Okay. Yeah. Is that Excelsior still? or? No, that's what they call Portla. Portla. Right off here yeah, on Silver Portland, Avenue. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, so I was, uh, from four on, I was raised in that house. Okay. And So uh, most of your memories start probably there. Uh, yeah, 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 they do, because yeah. I remember a little kid came to... Uh, from the corner, and he said, "If I play with her with a black rub off, and you know, I didn't bother me. Yeah. But my mother was furious, you know. Right. But I didn't know any better. And then yeah. I went to Hillcrest School, which is right here on Silver and um, Cambridge. Mm -hmm. uh, right, it used to be a Simpson Bible College right across the street there. And, and I went through the grade school there from kindergarten to sixth grade, and I was always the only black." person mm -hmm. in my class. Mm -hmm. So when I finally graduated, I remember I had a, a wonderful teacher. Her name was Miss Decker. She realized that I was bored and that those other kids were getting on my nerve. Mm -hmm. So she skipped me. You <laughs> oh, know? good. Yeah, she skipped me. What's, something that was more challenging, you know. Yeah, sure. And that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And um, I went to Portland. And then from Portland, I saw all these black people I'd never seen. I was just so excited. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then uh, I got kicked out of there. I had a fight with a girl. She picked on me. I never had a fight before. Hmm. But when you're the two biggest girls in school, we had an instigator. Mm -hmm. And she would go to her and go to me, and I didn't want to fight because I was scared. <laughs> but when she hit me, I went crazy. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I hit back. But I was, you know, I just wasn't used to that type of uh, environment where you had to fight. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of them were from uh, different areas of the city. And I don't want to blame it on just the projects. But, you know, it was just a different uh, mentality that I was encountering, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then I got kicked out of there. Then they sent me to Pelton. Got kicked out of Pelton. Then um, um, uh, when I got kicked out of Pelton, Mr. Moskowitz kicked me out for, uh, I think, being belligerent and beyond parental control. They used to use that a lot. Beyond parental control. B belligerent and beyond, belligerent. And beyond parental control. Okay. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, people were, had an attitude. They couldn't stand an attitude because mm -hmm. they were looking for, you know, uh, somebody to uh, acquiesce at every yes and then. Mm -hmm. That wasn't me. Right. You know. Uh, and then I got kicked out of there. And, um, I, and I have a memory gap from there to go into Horace Mann. And okay. then I went to Horace Mann over here on 23rd in Barlett. Right. Yeah, that's when I learned my first cuss words. <laughs> <laughs> that's my old hood, right yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah, it used to be a wolf sort of there at the corner. Do you, do you mind telling us what those cuss words were? Yeah, that's to be cooler. <laughs> Kiss my ass. That's the first words you always learn. That's to be cooler. That's to be cooler. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> like, okay. So bilin bilingual cussing. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cussing many languages. So your high school would have been 50-ish years ago. So like the set, late 60s, early 70s? Yeah, late 60s. Early okay. 60s, I, I think. You know. Okay. You know, somewhere around there. You yeah. Know, you know, it's just a number to me at this point. Right. Yeah. What kind of things were you doing outside of school? Like, did you run around friends and what kind of stuff? Yeah, my whole thing, there? being an only child. I, my oh, you are? Thing, okay. My whole thing was to make friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, only children, you want to be friends and, you yeah. know, you want to get in uh, what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. So my whole thing was just to be as much a part of a black community that I'd never been a part of, mm -hmm. you know. So that was my hunger. Through your neighborhood, mostly? Not through my neighborhood. Through the, through through the school. Through the seeing other people that looked like me. Got it. Because of the isolation that I experienced growing up. Right. You know? Right. So what kind of things... T tell us about San Francisco back then. What kind of things did y'all do? I know I used to steal my mother's car. Okay. Because <laughs> my mother had a car. And um, I, we would go to a place called TikTok. Okay. A TikTok used to be on Third Street. Now, on Tuesday nights, everybody and their mother would be out there. All the guys, and and plus they had some damn good sea burgers that you'd never forget. Ooh. It's where the McDonald's is now, but yeah. actually, TikTok should be like a relic because so many yeah. people. And then they would go drag racing there on Van Dyke, you know, with the streets there. So you well, know, that neighborhood's a lot different now, huh? Oh, that neighborhood. I mean, the whole San Francisco is a lot different. Right. And in you know, in some ways, I've you know had it from here because the um, the change in the vibe here everywhere, you yeah. know, is it's not about community. Right. You know, it's no community here anymore. And the thing is, is that um, it's just very few community because there's so much transition mm -hmm. around the housing issue here, mm -hmm. which is horrible. I mean, it's just here we are, one of the richest cities in the countries. We're number five in California on the world global economy. Mm -hmm. And you can't house some of these people. Right. Right. Well, kiss my ass. Right. You know, they don't give a shit. And I'm talking about these people, the so-called politricsters, <laughs> you know, in, in, in government. I'm like, I had a woman in one of my classes. I do domestic violence class um, for adult probation for women and LGBTQ. And I've had three women who were all in programs. And I bumped my head. I called all the established people to put them in some of these fancy hotels that they said that they were having. I couldn't get them in there. But I saw, not me, but my colleague who works with me, she's on Facebook, because I like to give the FBI some work, so I don't stay on <laughs> Facebook like that. So what I do is that she said that they had put their friends and people that they like in these in fancy hotels. ass hotels. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a few people did get them. I do know a few right. people. But, but they, not the full number. But not the people who really 
should have them. Needed it, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then you got your mayor getting on there talking about, well, we just can't put people in there. But, you know, George Schultz uh, supported her. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, questionable about anybody who George Schultz puts oh, his sure. money behind. Right, right you on, know? right on. You know, you have to look, just follow the money. Yeah. You know, follow where the money came from, who has the money, and who supported it. Because it's not about what's on the outside, it's what's on your inside. You right, know? right on. So, you know. Let's go back uh, to your life and oh. back then. Oh, back then. Well, yeah. and then, I don't know, I just went in and out of juvenile because every time I stole my mother's car, my mother would call the police. And then the police would put me in juvenile for at 375 Woodside for being a, uh, for a runaway. And, you know, run, they used to lock you up then for that. They don't yeah. lock you up now. And then uh, I got caught with... Uh, caught up with this woman named Connie uh, who came from a big family and we went in the store I think it was Lord and Taylor like that and she oh, yeah. stole something and then we both got in trouble for it right uh, and um, I got a ticket and then I was supposed to come back to um, the court date and I didn't even realize it that at the same when I went to the court date I was actually having heavy heavy cramps mm -hmm. and come to find out I was having a miscarriage because mm -hmm. I was sexually active at 13. Mm -hmm. um, that's good old Catholic raising yes 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 right. okay right. excuse me I'm, I'm a, a <laughs> recovering Catholic oh, yeah. <laughs> good good you're on the path yes. <laughs> good. And uh, I was actually miscarrying at 13. It was. Yeah. Okay, wow. And so that was a Friday. I'll never, ever, ever forget. I went mm. in. My mother took me up there. Like, she, you know, the folks told her to. Mm. They locked me up on Friday. I suffered so bad that whole weekend because the cramps when you have a miscarriage is almost worse than having a baby. Wow. Because it's part of your tissue still hanging on and part of it not so it's just mm. hard you know and then I remember I told my uh, roommate there I had to sleep on the floor too at 375 Woodside and I said just knock me out just take it and just mm. you know because you see people knock me out and she'd hit me in my jaw and I wouldn't knock out oh no so you had, <laughs> now you had it up here too oh, <laughs> it didn't man. hurt worse than down here <laughs> yeah. okay and then when I uh, that Monday I finally saw the gynecologist and she shipped me straight to San Francisco General Hospital General, yeah. where they uh, gave me a, a DNC uh, which is where they clean you out okay. but I never had an operation in my life and I thought I was going to die yeah. so the FBI came to me because abortions were illegal then oh and they said well did you have an abortion they couldn't that's when I found out they couldn't tell the difference between an abortion and a spontaneous miscarriage right and so I didn't let me know. guess all men too right <laughs> oh yeah all men mm -hmm. yeah so they came to my bed just before I went in there for the DNC and um, they said well who did this to you you know and of course I lied because he didn't he didn't rape me you know <laughs> I willingly gave it up <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, I'm Catholic. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I told this big lie. I said, oh, I went somewhere uh, up on the hills and I got raped. Because mm -hmm. there wasn't no sense in me getting him in trouble. Right, snitches you know? get stitches. Yeah. And um, um, then I went and had the DNC and I was okay. Was that your first run-in with the FBI? Yeah. It's the second time you mentioned them today. Yeah, really? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like keeping their job up, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> did you um, did you graduate from high school? Yeah, I did graduate from uh, Woodrow Wilson. Okay. I think we were the second people who opened up Woodrow, second school who broke up, who 
you know, which, Woodrow Wilson was new then. Okay. So I was either the second or the third class that opened it up. Oh, you wow. Know? Okay. Yeah, and I went there a little while, but I hated school. Yeah. And school's boring, mm -hmm. you know, and at that time, you couldn't play what you want to play. You would have to put on your gym suit, mm -hmm. and God forbid, you had to put on this ugly blue gym suit, and if you were on your period, you didn't want to do that, and you didn't want people looking at you, because yeah. I was still modest, and, yeah. you know, it's gone now, but, you know, <laughs> then I was still modest. <laughs> So, um, you know, I went into the gym, and plus, since I was so tall then, you know. Um, How tall? Well, I was tall than, than everybody in the class. Yeah. See, people grew later on, mm -hmm. but I grew up fast mm -hmm. then. So I was, you know, oh, you want to play basketball? And I'm like, no, I don't want to play basketball. Just because you're tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't get into sports at all. So I remember... I think I was president of some, somebody told me, I don't even remember it. I was club uh, president of the class, simply because of my good education from Hillcrest School. Hmm. And um, um, I got bored, and then I faked fainting okay. so I could get out of school. Right. I would just fall out, and they didn't know what was wrong with me. And then they... Uh, had a tutor come to my house a couple of times a week, yeah. you know, so my mother went through this whole thing, oh, she fell out again, but I would be hearing everything, because I'm just, yeah, you know, I just did you ever? Out. Did you ever almost laugh when you're faking no. it? No. You're good at it. No, okay. yeah. Yeah, I would laugh. I'd be down there laughing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Or um, if they tickle no, me, No, I would just over. keep absolutely still. Yeah. You know. Play possum. And then, yeah, and I'm like, oh, and I wake up, you know, because I didn't want to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> so from there on, uh, yeah, you know, I was a reader. You know, my mother had a library downstairs, and uh, I always did a lot of reading, you know. And so in the reading, that was my, uh, that was my friend. That's my escape. What kind of stuff were you reading? Stuff that wasn't supposed to. Medical books oh. where they had people's bodies in them. Like ana anatomy? Yeah, anatomy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the right, yeah, that's the right word. Uh, and that was like 10, 11 years old. That's like, oh, wow, look at this. Right. <laughs> How bodies work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, look at this. You see the, you know, the shapes of the breast. My mother had all kind of uh, books because the woman there was going to school. I don't know what for because it was my mother's friend. So I would just go down there and read whatever I could, you know, as part of my uh, hanging around the house, you know, books and reading. And I still have an addiction to books and reading. Awesome. I've heard similar stories from other, not, not to generalize y'all, but from um, only children that a lot of, you know, books or um, cre creative stuff like art, just because you don't have siblings bothering right. you all the time you can right. actually concentrate. Yeah, concentrate right. I come from three and it's like, oh no, I never had any time that I very little that I chose to do because I was always just swept up and I'm the youngest like you oh, know, the they throw me in trees and <laughs> turn on the super anyway this podcast <laughs> yeah, isn't it's a about big me, difference. it is a big difference it really yeah. is a big difference yeah. but I'm very grateful for it because I know how to let go of people when they're not right hmm, you right. know and a lot of people who have been raised with siblings they just like continue to want to hold on mm -hmm. to these toxic relationships right. when they just need to like cut the umbilical cord yep. you know you didn't come out together you're not probably going to die together and if so and so is not a good person you don't like them why do you keep fucking with them right you know absolutely <laughs> all right well let's go back then to um what what, ha what did you do after high school um let's see what did i do so i so i got my high school diploma at home since i was 
uh, fainting. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, um, I don't know, somehow, I don't know, I'm probably skipping time up because I graduated at 16. Oh, yeah, you said you skipped some, yeah, some stuff. Yeah, so I graduated so, yeah. from... Uh, Woodrow Wilson at 16. Okay. And uh, I got involved in the movement mm -hmm. because it was a lot going on with the Black Panthers mm -hmm. in, in Los Angeles, and I was reading about it. I uh, took my, what they call the Shahada, the Shahad, and I became a Muslim under the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Okay. Uh, and I went to Mosque 27 here on um, Gary and Fillmore. Okay. And I uh, became Ida 2X oh, wow. and reading and reading and reading. Yeah. So I got involved in, in, in that and I got involved in reading a lot mm -hmm. uh, about, you know, if it's not them, it's us and, you know, uh, Karinga and what was going on. And I had a friend who I grew up with right over here in Bernal Heights who became the Sergeant of Arms of the Black Panther Party. Okay. And uh, he, um, you know, I was. I love the platform, and I still do today. Mm. Love the platform, mm. but he didn't want me to join because mm. he was looking out for me. Because you know they were getting the political pipe. I mean, you had to fuck a few people to get up in there and yeah. be around. Right. And these are things that people don't like to talk about. Right. And I was fast, but I wasn't that fast. Okay. okay. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> what kind of stuff did you did you do with the movement then? Um, I was mainly a, a, a listener and a reader, mm, okay. and um, I didn't have any activities per se. Um, so I was just, you know, young and curious, and just looking around and uh, learning what I wanted to be involved in. I never I stopped pressing my hair. I got my natural when I was, you know, 16, right. and then the guy that impregnated me at 13. Oh, here's what happened. After I went to juvenile with Connie. Uh, they locked me up for a whole year and a half for a petty theft. My goodness. In juvie or? No, they send you to a place called Los Gilligas. Okay. And Los Gilligas was a home for girls, wayward girls. And they would send them to two places, either Ventura, which for the older girls, and they send me to Los Gilligas. And that's when I found out that they were just opening a school for girls and that they needed bodies to fill it. And so that's how like I a got. quota or something. Yeah, that's what they do. To, you have to. Yeah, fill sure, it. Anytime sure, sure. they build a prison or a jail, they have to fill it up. So I got caught uh, from that petty theft with her uh, from uh, and juvenile and went to, uh, and they kept me up. They took a whole year and a half from my life. And my grandmother died, you know, yeah. and then I remember I went to see some uh, psychologists. And since I wasn't, uh, you know, I was used to staying by myself, she mm -hmm. said, well, you need six more months. So you become more sociable, you know, because mm -hmm. she wants want you to go in the day room and play dom. I didn't play dominoes. I didn't do cards. And I didn't sit and talk about people. I would go in my room and read Nancy Drew, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say my rosaries because I was still the good old Catholic, you know. And she said, well, it was something, what she said, I was uh, antisocial, oh, you know. And then so she gave me six more months. Yeah, because I Because you're a reader. Yeah. And I stayed, you know, I, I just yeah. didn't enter, I didn't fit. Yeah. You know, I didn't fit in with the group that was in the day room, you know, sitting around talking about people and starting shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they took a whole year and a half for me. That was Ida McRae. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, Ida will continue sharing the story of her life. Please join us for part two on Thursday. Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is hosted and produced by me. Michelle and I have produced more than 130 episodes over the last three years. 
and you can find them all at our website, storiedsf.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where you can like, comment, and share the stuff we put out. Find the podcast just about everywhere you can listen, including, most recently, BFF.FM's new podcast network. Please subscribe to stay up to date on all the content we publish. We love feedback, so if you have any, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Stay strong, stay safe, and stay healthy. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.